Everybody out there in podcast land, you have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode number 78, if you can believe it. What's our intro and our schedule going to be like today? Well, let me tell you. Today, joining us is Bellator lightweight contender, going 10 rounds in Rhino, Sydney, unloved outlaw. So stay tuned for that towards the end of the show. This week, we'll start off with our Rhino Gang Roundup. I'm not yee-hawing because my voice isn't what it normally is today. Uh, our full breakdown of UFC Vegas 28. Dre is drop of the night. Our main card picks for UFC 263. A Q&A with the Rhino Gang. Gang, gang. And then, like I said, the aforementioned Sydney Unloved Outlaw goes 10 rounds of Rhino just uh, three weeks ahead of his Bellator 261 matchup on June 25th versus Miles Fury Jury. So let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. Our Rhino Gang roundup consists of two fighters. We had Justin Wetzel versus Askar Askar on uh, the LFA card on Friday. This was a great win for Justin. Justin got the TKO via ground and pound in the second. Huge win for him from over there at Dodge Sports. Shout out to you, Justin. And then Zach Pow Pow Powell, by all accounts, actually didn't see this fight on uh, Battlefield Fight League, dominated. The wrestling over Dario um, Synagoga for all three rounds. But apparently, the split decision went to Dario. So everybody uh, who did watch it was like, there was a total robbery. Big, big bummer for our guy, Zach Powell, Powell, Powell. But big shout out to both guys, both Justin's win at LFA 109 and uh, Zach's people's win, we'll call it, over Dario <laughs> from Battlefield Fight League. So good on you guys. All right, let's go ahead and do our UFC Vegas 28 prelims. We had Jordan Levitt versus Claudio Puelas. Uh, this one was early. Jordan was ahead. You know what I mean? Lots of kick exchanges. And then from that point on, it was all Claudio taking Jordan down, maintaining top control. Not a whole lot going on, right? Like, both guys looked almost exactly the same at the end of the fight as in the beginning. But clearly a good, um, or not a good, but a clear-cut unanimous decision for Claudio over Jordan. Moving into 145 pounds, we had Sean Woodson versus Yusef Zalal. I was very much looking forward to this fight. I thought this was an interesting matchup. Uh, both guys throwing a lot of calf kicks early. Yusef in- initiated the clinch. Sean landed a beautiful one-two. It was a late takedown for Yusef uh, Zalal. Zalal tried for a takedowns a lot in round two. And then Woodson really opened up in the third and got a big striking advantage. So the uh, judges saw fit to give Sean Woodson the split decision over Yusef Zalal. Uh, in our second fight of the evening. And now these are going to go a little bit out of order, moving much more forward, just so you guys know. Uh, then we had Tabitha Ricci, the late replacement versus Manon Firat. This one was ridiculous, dude. It looked like Rocky Four out there. Uh, Manon was two times bigger than Tabitha, uh, who took the fight, like I said, a short notice and above a weight class she's normally fights in. Manon had complete control the entire time um, in striking. She poured it on in the second, got the TKO finish in that one. Uh, moving into Mason Jones versus Alan Patrick. This one was shaping up to be a really fun fight. Uh, Alan was throwing some spinny techniques, and Mason was doing a good job of being technical and throwing straight shots. He seemed to really hurt Alan a couple times. Uh, and then there was an eye poke, which Alan Patrick, you know, said he couldn't see anymore. So the doctor had no choice but to stop it. That's a no contest. You know, I'm not here to speculate. On whether he could or could not have continued because he was losing. I'm not doing that. But I think Mason Jones kind of gave us a, I don't know, maybe like a a precursor of what's yet to come. Because I think that kid's really talented. All righty, moving in, staying at 170 pounds. We had Muslim Salakov versus Francisco Trinaldo. 
here's the thing about this one. I love Francisco Giordano, okay? We're the same age. I love that he's still out there doing his thing. He was fighting in a weight class up as well. Muslim Salikov was just better. The the body kicks were so thunderous, dude. Trinaldo tried staying in it. He was throwing his own strikes, but Salikov was just better. He was first to the punch and the kick. He was landing harder. He took an eye poke as well, unfortunately. Uh, Francisco tried to take advantage of that in the third round, but thankfully, because I think the right guy won, Muslim got the unanimous decision in that one. All right, moving into, I know this was, again, I know this is a little out of order, but I've got Tanner Bozer versus Ayer Latifi. Uh, a couple of head kicks early to start for Tanner. He seemed to be very light on his feet. He was cutting good angles. And then Latifi got the takedown, which he desperately needed. The first round really could have gone either way, whether you preferred the strikes of Tanner or the ground, you know, not really ground and pound, but kind of the top control of Ayer Latifi. Uh, the second round was all Bozer. He hurt Ayer a couple times and really took advantage of the second round. Great strikes landed. Didn't didn't get the finish, which I think he desperately needed. Uh, then the third round, it was all Latifi, dude. Took Tanner down. Tanner had no answer. Full top control. Nothing really damaging from up top, but like definitely one-way traffic in the third. So Latifi got the split decision. I, I gave it to him as well. It was two rounds to one. Uh, the first and the third for Latifi over Tanner. I know that makes my girl Brat very happy, which makes me smile. All right, moving into... Um, Makwan Amir Khani versus Kamula Kirk. This one, I, I was really surprised by this fight. Like, not much of note in round one. I gave Kamula the slight advantage. Nice body work by him throughout the fight. Uh, Makwan tried a lot of takedowns. Kamula did a good job uh, when he did get taken down to reverse it. There was a nice arm bar attempt. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. This wasn't the most exciting fight. This wasn't the most exciting card. Let's be let's be fully honest, right? But uh, Kamula Kirk got the unanimous you know, uh, kind of an upset win over Makwan Amir Khani. So uh, good on him for that one. Uh, then we're going to move into Arian Lipsky versus Montana De La Rosa. Again, one-way traffic, dude. Montana just nonstop takedowns, ground and pound. She opened up Lipsky over both of her eyes. Real, you know, bloody mess. Just, just beat her up. Especially, you know, got her finished out in the in the second round for TK over Montana. De La Rosa over Ariane Lipsky uh, in that one. So let's go ahead and get into our main card. Unfortunately, Tom Breeze versus Antonio Arroyo was canceled. We don't. It's still not clear what exactly happened, but Tom Breeze had to pull off for what they just called, you know, medical issue, right? So we don't know. So we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll find out in the days to come. Um, moving into Dusko Todorovic versus Gregor, uh, Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, I thought Dusko was going to get this fight. I, I, I thought he had more to, to offer on the feet. He's got the UFC experience. Gregory was coming in off of, of his LFA career. It didn't matter, dude. Gregory Rodriguez did a great job landing cleaner, being first. I I gave Dusko the third round, but he's landed a little bit harder, I thought. But the first and second were clearly Gregory Rodriguez. So good win for him at 185. All right, moving into we're going to do Roman Delice next versus Loreno Sapoli because this fight sucked. And we want to get it over. <laughs> uh, middleweight division. This is basically Roman backpacking uh Loreno and uh, just a boring boring non-stop grapple hold on fight Blech. so he got the Roman got the clear you name his decision now let's get into the fight of the god dang night shall we Miguel Baeza and Santiago Ponzinibbio put on a god bless show Dude, it was all caramel thunder early. 
Beautiful calf kicks, really wearing out the leg of Santiago, who had been out for a really long time, over two years. And then in the third, dude, Santiago started throwing really, really hard combinations. Five, six, seven, eight, nine shots in a row. Just like Baeza was trying to stay in it, dude. Good head movement, trying to block with that jab, kept on landing, snapping uh, snapping Miguel's head back, which is all like a very clear-cut way for judges to kind of determine what's happening in there. Baeza threw back. And then it was more of the same in the third. It was Ponsonibio really kind of leading the dance. Miguel definitely, he was still in it. He was still landing the front kick at some shots, but Santiago Ponsonibio really took over uh, in the third. There was just a back and forth slobber knocker, as we love to say in the show. What a performance by these guys. Definitely a fight of the year contender. Was so awesome. You know, this is all we're going to be talking about three weeks from now, probably from this card, right? All right, moving into the first of the two heavyweight co-main in Maine. We had Marcin Tybura versus Walt Harris. Uh, we all love Walt Harris, man. I mean, we really do. I mean, I do. I know the vast majority of you do as well. He's just a wonderful guy. What a heartbreaking story uh, with his family over the last while. But, you know, he, he came out hard. He came out throwing. He hurt, he hurt Tybura a couple times. And then he kind of faded a little bit. Tarbura got the big takedown off of the trip, flattened out Walt, got, took his back, GMP'd him. Yeah, I got the ground and pound for the first round. TKO. So is Walt Harris done in the UFC? Most likely. I hope he lands somewhere because what a wonderful guy. And uh, yeah, I hope nothing but good for him. And then, you know, big shout out to Marcin Tarbura for really getting hurt and staying in the in the fight and pulling off the big win. All right, moving in. We didn't have to wait for long for this one, so that was the first round as well. We, we didn't have to wait for long for this one either. Jairzinho Rose's strike versus Augusto Sakai. It was a lot of feeling out, right? It was a lot of them circling each other. Augusto kind of circling on the outside while a Rose's strike kind of kept the middle of the cage. And then right towards the end of the first round, dude, Jairzinho throws this beautiful combination. Hit him with a left hook and then a right hand, which dropped him a couple really hard hammer fists with like one or two seconds left to go in the first round. Got the TKO in the first. Amazing finish for Jairzinho Rose's trick. I loved it. It was incredible to be done with a UFC card by like 10 o'clock at night. But man, that was awesome. So yeah, the, the overall card, I would give like a C plus. I mean, a lot of really slow and boring fights and then we had a couple of phenomenal highlight reel you know finishes and a fight of the year candidate so overall c plus b minus area for sure all right d reigns now that we have careened our way through the recap of last night's car let's go ahead and give Dre a call to get a real famous drop of the night Alrighty, out there rhino gang and fight fam let's go ahead and get our world famous Dre's drop of the night drop of the night well, I am so excited to announce this drop of the week. Uh, so my Drea's drop of the night is going to go to Biggie Boy, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, with just seconds left in round one, Jarzinho hits Sakai with this like left hook to the chin and then connected with this right uh, to the temple that dropped Sakai. Uh, and then Biggie just finished him with a few hammer fists on the ground. It was a beautiful, quick win for Jarzinho and... Uh, he gets my Dreas drop of the night. Absolutely, dude. I know you're already a Jarzinho fan, and for him to get a big win like that, uh, uh, that fashion, I knew there was no doubt who your Dreas drop of the night was going to be. Oh, yeah. We have a big pay-per-view next weekend, Drea. Uh, we've got UFC 263. So let's go ahead and do our main card picks. Okay. I will go ahead and lead us off. I have got Nate Diaz beating Leon Edwards by unanimous decision after a five hard-fought rounds. What do you got? 
I am, I don't think it's going to go the whole fight. Uh, and I am hoping to see a Nate Diaz finish um, by sub. And I am going uh, sub round three. I am shocked that a Nate Diaz fan of your magnitude would pick him <laughs> winning by a <laughs> well, stop it. So, okay. So the only reason I am <laughs> is because he's not the favorite. Leon Edwards does definitely have the capability to win this. Um, and I think the only way that Nate Diaz is going to win is, is by sub. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll absolutely. Do. So <laughs> speaking of submissions, I've got Damian Maya uh, beating Bilal Muhammad by a submission via triangle choke. In the third round, what's your call on that one? Um, I'm going unanimous decision on that uh, for Bilal Muhammad. All righty, moving into Jamal Hill, Rhino Gang Gang Gang. Mm -hmm. I got him beating Paul Craig by a clean KO in the second round. And I mean early second, like first minute or so by a straight right hand to Paul Craig's chin. KO in the second for Jamal. Sweet dreams, Hill. What about you? I am going Sweet Dreams Hill uh, round two as well, uh, but I was going TKO. I'm, I'm not seeing it happening as a clean KO, but same round, uh, TKO. Gotcha. Now the rematch a lot of us have been waiting for. We got Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo. I think we're looking at another incredible fight between these two guys. This time, though, I got Brandon Moreno beating Davison Figueredo by split decision. What's your call on that one, future play, Adrea? Uh, I am sticking with Figgy on this. I think Davison Figueredo is going to win. And I, as much as I think it's going to be really close again, I'm going unanimous decision for Figgy. All righty. And then the 185 pound belt is on the line. We've got Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. I got Izzy beating Marvin by a TKO in the fourth. And I'm calling my shot, Drea. I'm okay. going to go Izzy. By knee to the body, uh, which puts Marvin on the ground, and then Izzy will jump on top and finish with left hands to the side of the head. That's my TKO victory for Israel Azania. What about you? Uh, I think it's going to go the distance. I think it is going to go in favor of Adesanya, but um, I think it's going to go the distance. Marvin Vittori is a tough mofo, so um, I think it's going to go the full fight, but Adesanya will get the unanimous decision. Tough mofo slash very snazzy dresser, if you saw that. <laughs> oh, my God. It was terrible. <laughs> if you saw the outfit, he was just <laughs> rocking for that. <laughs> there was no way you could even listen to what was being said because you're just so focused on, like, that outfit. I was dying when I saw that. You know when we were kids, so like, they would say, like, gosh, that outfit is loud. Like, I never yeah. really knew exactly what that meant. Like, that <laughs> Until was, like, you saw his shirt. example. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it was so the funny. loudest shirt ever. Uh, and then I saw someone. I saw someone. Call, sorry, I have to add this. Someone I can't remember who it was posted about it, and they they were uh, joking that Adesanya was like in a Motel Six, like in a bathrobe. Like, <laughs> it just, I don't know. The background, it just looked funny. He was like, you got him in a Motel Six in a bathrobe, and then he's just wearing his grandma's um couch cushion or something like oh that. oh my gosh ridiculous <laughs> so let's get into our twitter questions feature play and our first one comes from our homie tie fly guy what do you got this week dude this goes for Andrea and rhino do you believe nick diaz will be in nate's corner for the fight i will go first um 
I really hope so, man. I'm skeptical, though, dude, because Nick's <laughs> relationships, not only with the UFC, but with the various state athletic commissions, it's never good. It's not good. And, you know, to be a corner person or to be a second, as it's called in professional combat sports, you have to, like, you have to, like, fill out paperwork, right? And you have to actually apply for these things and get licensed and whatnot, which clearly he's done before. But I don't know. I am... I'm going to go 50-50 on that. I hope so. I want to see it. Not just because I'm a huge Nick Diaz fan, but, like, I, I think he gets through to Nate unlike anybody else does. You know, he speaks that brother mm-hmm. language, right? And I think he's able to get, especially, like, in the heat of battle, is able to Nate is able to hear him above others. So I really hope so. I'm 50-50 on it. What's your take on that one, Drea? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm really hoping that he is going to be in his corner, but like you said, you never know with the commissions and everything of, you know, him actually getting the paperwork done, going through all the hoops he's probably, you know, would have to jump through to get it done. But um, I'm hopeful and I, you know, I know he's been definitely buckled down, um, you know, with his training and seems like he's a lot more um, focused these days. So I don't know. Got my fingers crossed. So yeah, we'll nah, definitely. Me too. Yeah. So thank you very much, Ty. That was a great question, homie. All right, let's move into our, our main man from up north, the Rage and Sweet Potato. What do you got this week, dude? I played my casual card this week and haven't watched the fights yet. Spent the day in my garden yesterday and then the afternoon drinking and barbecuing with some friends. This Canadian likes his barbecue American style, ice cold Budweiser and hot juicy cheeseburgers. Hell so yeah. I'd like to know... <laughs> So I'd like to know, Rhino, if you could invite eight to ten fighters, MMA or boxing, to your house for a barbecue, who would you invite? What's on the food and drink menu? And who is running the grill? Happy beer and barbecue season to all the Rhino gang. Uh, Thank you very much, RSP. Yeah, dude. So basically, I decided to go all MMA on this one. And my my food of choice during a barbecue is, is, is you already said one of them, which is cheeseburgers. And then ribs. I am a huge ribs guy. So I would be manning the grill in this situation. As far as my my eight guests, <laughs> it's pretty funny. So obviously my, my favorite fighter uh, on the roster is Francis Ngannou. I definitely want him there. I definitely want to talk to him. I definitely He's such a nice, great guy. I absolutely a huge fan of Francis. So I definitely want Francis there. My, uh, my second favorite fighter is Steven Wonderboy Thompson. I think Wonderboy is just such a cool dude. He's so nice. And I think he'd be really fun to talk to. I think he would um, be somebody who could just like have like a chill conversation, right? Doesn't have to be on. Doesn't have to be like this big personality. You could just sit and like have like a normal, honest, enjoyable conversation with, right? So that's my first two. The rest are all ladies. <laughs> so, uh, this would be I got I got the Karate Hottie because obviously I love her the most. Meatball Molly because I love her personality and I want to hear that accent all day, every day. I love it. Uh, speaking of accents, I would I would invite Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> Whether it's a fake accent or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I, I just like her, man. I think she's funny. Plus, I don't know, she's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Then, of course, Valentina and Amanda, because who wouldn't want the two best WMMA fighters in the world at your barbecue? I would love to talk to both of them, pick their brain about their fights. I it would be so much enter- that'd be so entertaining. And then, out of like just total respect, Holly Holm, and here's why. She knocked out Ronda Rousey. <laughs> and that is the gift. That is the gift that has just kept on giving for all these years later. So yes, Francis, 
the Karate Hottie, Michelle Waterson, Meatball Molly McCann, Mackenzie Dern, Valentina Bullet Shevchenko, Holly Holm, Amanda Nunez, and Wonderboy Thompson are going to be my eight MMA guests to the Rhino's Barbecue of cheeseburgers, ribs, hot tubbing, brews, and fun. So <laughs> thank you very, very much, RSP. All uh, right, let's get into our girl, APB. What do you got this week, APB? Uh, APP says, what if Nate Diaz wins? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> she asked another question before that. Did I? Hold on. She basically, I'll, I'll, I'll just put it in there. Sorry, she I, she wrote, I kept falling asleep during the prelims and decided to watch murder shows instead. Am I a casual? <laughs> No, because I I fell asleep and missed part of the prelims, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, APB, you are not now, nor will you ever be a casual. We, we, like, full disclosure, APB and I talk all the time, and we normally talk about fights. So, no, you are not a casual. Um, It was a pretty slow and boring undercard, to be honest. You know what I mean? Thank God for the Ponsonibio-Baeza fight, right? And then the two finishes and the heavyweight. So, it was, you know, that does not make you a casual at all. Um and as far as does could, what was it? Could Nate win? Is that what it is? Yeah. What if Nate Diaz wins? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yes. First of all, it would be super fun. That's a B. Um, it would be good for the UFC, and here's why. I know Leon is a way higher ranked fighter, right? Mm-hmm. But here's why it would be good because, and we talked about this either last week or two weeks ago, Drea. There is a real lack of star power, and there's a real yeah. lack of like long dug in fandom of any one or two fighters. Nate Diaz has had fans, real fans, hardcore fans stuck in the ground. I ain't moving fans of his for over a decade. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The star power in the UFC is very few and far between. And he is a legit star. Say what you will about him. Talk shit about his record or whatever you want to do. You can't, but I'm saying his fan base is so rabid and uh, yeah, it would be good for the UFC. It would be good for, um, for the fans if he was mm-hmm. a win because if he wins he's, he's gonna fight again you know what i mean yeah. i think as long as nate is winning we will keep seeing him once or twice a year so yeah i do think it would be fun i do think it would be good for uh for the ufc moving forward so that's a great question apb you are never a casual and shout out you know who shout <laughs> out to mama sims you can't be a wuss and have a puss oh we love it so, Drea, that is going to careen ourselves into the end of our segment. We have knocked out your picks, our picks, your mm-hmm. Drea's world-famous drop of the night, our Twitter questions, and all. You're a little under the weather this week. I'm a little under the I weather am. this week. But guess who takes no weeks off? The CSWR crew. That's who. So we brought <laughs> the show. We brought the fire. We are all set and ready to rock and roll. So, without further ado, we will wish you adieu for this week. And we will talk, right. talk to you next week for sure. All right. See you next week. All righty, fight fam. Let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. And our first one comes from the homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, what's up, Rhino? It's Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Thinking about Ariane Lipsky, man, the AKA the Violence Queen. And I, and I know she um, she earned that nickname in, in KSW, and that's fine. But she's basically gotten worked in, in all of her UFC fights, save the... What is it, the Luana Carolina one where she got that nasty knee bar? Which is like, okay. But as far as I'm concerned, dude, Montana De La Rosa pried that nickname from her bloody corpse. So I was wondering if there are some nicknames in the UFC that you think are misnomers. And who would you reassign that nickname to? 
Let me know. Love you. Love the show. Okay, so one that came to me right away is Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Like, he, he's got a good physique, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why is he fluffy? Like, maybe he used to be heavier before. I'm not sure, but he's a middleweight. But I like the word fluffy. I think of the uh, the comedian uh, who uses fluffy. So when I think of that, I think of Roki Martinez because he is for real fluffy. And like, in no way am I body shaming anybody. I just think Roki Martinez has that fluffy kind of squishy body. And I think fluffy would be far more apt to be his nickname on that one. Uh, the other one I thought of was kind of a different other end of the spectrum, which is Iron Mike Chandler. Okay, Iron Mike is synonymous with Mike Tyson. And I get it might be like an homage to Mike Tyson, but nah, dude, I am not with it. I would much prefer Mike Chandler had a different nickname than Iron Mike because, again, I think it takes away from the shine of the, you know, of the Iron Mike era, right? So, yeah, that's definitely my answer on that one, Juice. Thank you very much, my dear brother. Let's go. Oh, I definitely check out Juice of the fight, uh, Friendly Sparring Pod. I was calling it I was calling it fighting with myself last week because old habits die hard, right? But check out Juice of Lee at Friendly Sparring. All right, let's move into our big homie Jim Soon for the second one. What do you got this week, OG? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang. Hope you all are doing well. I don't think I have time to do this, but fuck it. I woke up early, so let's do her. Uh, question for you this week is what is next for fucking Ponzinibbio. Holy fuck. You know, the card pretty much was, uh, you know, snooze fest, but whatever. We're going to get those every once in a while. You can't expect to have fights every fucking week and not have a few fucking uh, slip-ups, I guess you want to call it. But anyways, what do you think is next for Ponzinibbio? Fucking that guy. Oh, man, I just love that guy. Gotta be a ranked guy, right? Has to be. I think he called for Vicente Luque or something like that. But anyhow, that's my question for you. Keep up the great work. Love the show. And you kids, you know what time it is. It is always 420 time. Peace. So I saw several people that, um, like, we're all agreeing that Vicente Luque is, like, the, the one to make next. I definitely like that fight. Vicente is ranked number seven. Ponzi is 14, but certainly going to rise up after night last night's performance a couple other names though that i think would be good i think be fun fights and it would make sense as well would be uh the james kraus i think that'd be a fun fight uh for ponzinibbio and then jing liang lee i think this this one these are both fights at 170 that i think would be fan friendly i think that would make sense i think that would um kind of get everybody like excited to watch so yeah the james kraus and Jing Liang Lee, if it's not Vincente Luque next for Ponzi, would be who I would love to see. And it'll keep the division moving forward, which, as everyone knows, that I whine about all the time, is very important to me. So, yeah, let's keep the divisions moving forward. And uh, let's get one of those three for next for uh, Ponzi and Ebio. Thank you very much, my man, Jim Soon. All right, I know our third question comes from my girl, Gina, from the Shots Fired and Wocast Pods. What do you got this week, Gina? Hey, Rhino. This is just Gina MMA from shots fired and the woke cast i have a really simple question rosenstroke keeps knocking people out towards the end of the rounds my dude is this on purpose is it a part of the game plan or is he just finding openings towards the end of the rounds is it just like some weird coincidence what are your thoughts on this and tell me what you think so first of all i think i think a lot of this comes from uh jerezino rosenstrike's uh, kickboxing background right i think he is a very lay back and wait to counter kind of a guy. He's like a conservative fighter, dude. He's very patient. He waits for the counters 
for like the first four to four and a half minutes. And then like the last like 20, 30 seconds, he decides to get like super aggressive, come forward and throw hard. And we, we all know the dude can throw hard, huge punches, huge kicks, super duper strong striker. And that's where we get these late as fuck stoppages, right? Like I'm a big fan of Jersey, no Rosa strike. I want to see him succeed. Um, I'd like him to stay in the UFC's heavyweight division for a long, long time. Uh, he's going to have to bring some of that aggression out earlier, right? Uh, it's, it's not that fun to watch you two dudes circle for the first four minutes. You know, he needs to bring that aggression a little bit earlier, move forward, try to throw some harder stuff earlier on in the fight rather than the last. 15, 20 seconds. So that's my answer on that one, Gene. If you guys haven't already, of course, check out G on the Shots Fired and Wokeass Pod. She is amazing. Those are amazing shows. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Thank you so much, Gina. All right. I know our last question comes from Decrons. Decrons, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Chewy. Say, say hi to Rhino. <laughs> What's up, Rhino, brother? Um, those were pretty fun fights. The judging, as usual, left me very frustrated. I cannot be surprised by that anymore. Uh, I was just wondering if you heard anything about the Tom Brees fight uh, falling off last minute. I'm not sure what happened there. I hope everybody's okay. I really wanted to see that one. Um, I also wanted to hear your thoughts on, I think I know how you feel, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on adding some weight classes to the UFC, I think we can both agree on a cruiserweight division being fantastic. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, love you, brother. I hope everyone has a great day. Rhino gang, gang, gang. Yeah, bro. I still don't know exactly what happened with Tom Breeze. Unfortunately, I'm still in the dark about it, dude. Uh, I, you know, I haven't read anything else that has come out. I mean, I've just heard some rumors and stuff, but no, I'm not going to speculate. I just hope he's all right, just like you do. And as far as your second part, um. I mean, this is like what show episode number 78. I say on at least half of them, I've cried that I, <laughs> that I want the Adam weight division in the UFC. I think 105 pounds is just such a rich untapped resource in women's mixed martial arts. It should be in the UFC. They are so good at, you know, at, at putting good matchups together. And it's such a deep division. I think, geez, Louise, it's a no-brainer to have 105. And then, as far as the cruiserweight division, dude, I would, I think it would be dope. Like, make, like, like 206 to 225 or something like that. That would be very cool. I mean, I think there's a lot of fun matchups that could be made. Um, I don't see that one happening. I've, I've rarely heard Dana or even anybody else in the UFC brass even, like, consider it or that even be on their lips, you know, right? I would love. I, I would really like it. I think that would be a really fun and super super cool division. I think there's some guys who really are fighting out of their natural weight, and there's too hard of a weight cut to get from like their walk around down to 205. So we'd see some better performances from some of these guys, some of these bigger light heavyweights. But yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't think so. I do think we have a chance of seeing Adam weight in the next couple of years. I, I'm really skeptical on seeing Cruiserweight, even though we both really like it. So thank you very much, my dear friend, D. Kranz. And that's going to go ahead and get rid of our, uh, not get rid of our, that's going to complete our voice questions for this week. Now let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds with Rhino with Sydney Outlaw, Bellator 155-pound contender, after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? 
will look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast land, we've got ourselves another wonderful special guest that I am super excited to have. Sydney, the unloved outlaw, Bellator Lightweight. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you for having me, big dog. I appreciate you. Um, man, we are so stoked to have you on, dude. Um, so basically, the first round with 10 rounds with Rhino, Sydney, is we love to get the backstory. When did you first get involved, and how did you first get involved in mixed martial arts? Well, uh, well, as you know, my family is uh, all into like some type of combat sport, so... Primarily a boxing, you know, I got into wrestling when my mom uh, moved up to uh, Salterton. I, I, you know, I started to get uh, a little bit involved more into the sport simply because I, you know, I was still young, sheltered, kind of like naive, thought wrestling was real. My brother said, no, you still watch this. Introduced me to uh, George St. Pierre and Ramsey Jackson. They were my two first favorite fighters. Once I realized what was the real deal, I just fell in love. Simple, simple as that. And um, yeah, I uh, I did my first art was obviously boxing came with it was it's in my blood. Fighting is just in my blood in, in general. Boxing came naturally. Uh, it started jujitsu because around that time jujitsu was you know you knew jujitsu. You you were a black belt. You was a guy. But again, I'm from PA, and some of the best wrestlers on the planet come from PA. So um, right. that up as well. Oh uh, yeah, dude, definitely. Now you just mentioned you're from uh, you're from Philadelphia originally, but yeah. you have moved down to one of the premier gyms in the world of American Top Team. What was that transition kind of like for you going from uh, going from Philadelphia down to uh, Florida? It was not. I'm in, I'm in love with some of the people I met, like the owner of the gym, like Dan Lambert, great guy, Mike Brown. I met some, uh, some like, great, great friends, you know, Lamar Brown, you know, the list goes on. I uh, met some of the, my favorite fighters, you know. I, I you know, and, and to be honest, I was actually disappointed with some of my favorite fighters. You know, they weren't exactly who I thought they were, you know. But some of them that I even, that I actually somewhat kind of knew of or heard of I actually had learned to admire you know like the hard work they put in so um it was um it was definitely a great experience and I definitely loved it but I can't I can't I can't forget my lineage like from Hindo Gracie Ricardo's you know um definitely Rich Lotta he's my father 
I'm, 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 I'm definitely blessed. You know, I had all the tools, but I didn't really know how to use it. You know, like building a house, I didn't really know how to use a hammer. So I went to a American top team and they kind of like put every, took the time to put all of it together, you know, gave me, um, a game plan, gave me, you know, uh, a focus point with my style, you know? So I definitely love it. And I love the oh, weather. That's- Oh yeah, <laughs> you're talking to a Michigan guy, dude. I definitely know the difference between uh, where we're from and where it's down there for that beautiful weather, dude. Uh, so, Sydney, your next fight is in three weeks for Bellator 261 versus Miles Fury Jury. He's a very you know well-rounded fighter. He's kind of a veteran of the game. What are some aspects you've really been working on to prepare for your fight with Miles? <sighs> it's funny you mention that. Um, absolutely nothing. Um, I would say the same old thing, just getting better. I'm worrying about my song. Like, I mean, a lot of people forgot. I was actually speaking to the missus about this. Um, I have three world titles. You know, I'm not, obviously, I'm not no conqueror. I can't, can't keep and all that. But, I mean, people, I, I, at first, I was a little, like, butthurt. And I'm like, how can people actually forget about this? Like, I, I actually fought people. I fought tough people. Like, my record is not blemished. Like, and then I just realized, you know how I many, you know how much easier it's gonna be for people to overlook me. It's gonna be easy, a lot of easy way. So I learned how to humble myself and thank God that people don't. Even, they they will find out. They will find out. You know, it's inevitable. You dig what I'm saying? Absolutely, dude. And you perfectly segued into my next question. So again, you're ten and one over your last eleven. Safe to say, you're at the very best version of the unloved as you are right now. What can we expect to see from you on the 25th, man? What are you bringing into the cage that night? You will see, um, I would say, uh, how do I say? What is a good way to say it? You will see the same Sydney. I don't want to say an upgraded version. This, it, It's going to be the same me, but you can actually see. You will actually be able to see my whole tools. You'll slowly but surely see. You'll see the developmental patterns on on how and why I, I kind of have have that style, that dominating style. And if I'm not able to take them down, I'm forced to obviously bring out another tool. You know, people don't really. Some people don't like my style. Some people don't like my style, but they got to blame the other guy. You know, if I'm if I if I do whatever I want, I'm going to continue to do it over and over and over until it stops. Until I'm forced to do something else. So if 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 uh, able to stop me, then it would be such an honor because I get to show uh, showcase a different skill, you know. Absolutely, dude. Uh, speaking of the unloved, what a unique nickname, dude. Where did that come from? Look at, I mean, look at, like, I, like I've been one of the, I've been the number one fighter in America, and. And my weight class, the popular weight class, not one person cared. Yeah, I don't care. I, I stopped caring at first. You know, I was trying to get into the UFC. You know, I fight a lot of, fought a lot of tough. You know, I don't, I really don't get any love from that. I'm like, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know. To me, at that time, now as I got, you know, I tend not to care, you know. And plus, I mean, like, in biblical terms, God said, don't. You know, don't be of this world, right? So, if I can't be of the world or for the world, then I might not be liked at all. My my um my mindset is, you know, to please my Lord and Savior. 
if you might like it or not, you know, that's what I'm going to continue to do over the victory and everything. I don't think nobody's going to stop me from doing that. Gotcha, dude. So uh, getting back to the MMA career, you've won so many fights by submission. Uh, Various choking techniques seem to be one of your go-tos. Did you figure out kind of early on in your jiu-jitsu training that you had a knack for pulling off all sorts of different types of chokes? No, I just did it because those are the moves that, um, like I said, we're, we're from PA. You know, we did a lot of ground stuff, and those are the moves I was taught, you know. I would have adapted, you know, just as well. Whatever I practice, I try to, you know, use in there. In there. I, try to, I try to use, I try to actually practice, you know, instead of me um, just practicing it for some any reason. I try to actually apply it to the fight. And if it works, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, I can. And if it and if it continues to work, I just continue to do it until our, my plan B plan B kicks in. You know, if that doesn't work, then I'll kick into a plan C. You know, and the you know, list goes on all the way to Z. And if Z doesn't work, then we start doing numbers. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sir. Uh, so this, this is your twentieth pro fight coming up. Um, I, I, you know, I had twenty-one fights. I really started to feel comfortable around like my fourteenth or fifteenth pro fight. When did, was there a certain fight that you went into where you started to feel like, okay, the nerves aren't as bad, my focus is higher? Was there one of those fights where you really were like, okay, now I'm I'm ready to be in the zone? Did that kind of happen for you in your career as well? That's something you mentioned. I, ne- I, I never ever gave that a consideration. I never even thought about it. I never even thought about it. I just, um, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Probably no, to be honest. I, I want to feel like once I got into Bellator, it kind of got, I want. I don't want to say words. I want to say now I can kind of play smart, kind of play the game everybody else is playing. But I'm already in the top, like, top ten or top five. So I kind of, you know, when it hurt me get the title, do what I can do. You know, don't know how to, don't know how to really play this type of professional game or however it works, you know. It's about Instagram nowadays. It's about selling yourself, you know. So I kind of, I feel like I'm going to have to really find my motive and, live by it and stick to it if that makes sense no oh, absolutely does dude so i love um so when we research fighters a lot of us go to uh topology to start getting some of the basic information to kind of uh start doing our research and a lot of people have where they went to college or you know whatever where they wrestled or whatever and in your topology stats your under college you put the school of pain which is unbelievably awesome <laughs> What did you kind of think of when you decided to write School of Pain? Was that just from, I don't know, I would love to hear the story behind that. <laughs> no, it's basically because of like nothing nothing at all was given to me. I literally, listen, I'm like a modern day gangster, bro. I'm not, I'm not like a thug or anything like that. I don't get it twisted, I'm not. But I have not, I, I look at society nowadays, oh my God. Am I allowed to say pussy on this word? On this, uh, yeah, you can say, you can say, yeah, uh, you, yes, you can say whatever you want. You'll be so surprised. Like, you can hear stories about some of my teammates. They can tell you stories about me. Like, uh, nowadays it's different. Everybody want to be catered to. Like, I suffered. When I say suffer, like thinking about it now, I would never want to do it again. I would never want to do it again. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I say school of pain because nothing, everything you see that I have. I worked for my grit, my strength. It wasn't given to me. You can check my lens. It wasn't given. I was. It, I worked for. I worked for it by going by training with Corey Anderson sparring. We all know he's a light heavyweight. I'm a 155. 
We were talking on sparring. I know you guys don't. Well, the Corey's probably going light. No, Corey wasn't trying to go on light. My shoulder got dislocated to one point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, sure. One of my one of my other favorite fighters. I don't know how he's losing, but I, I still think he's one of the best middleweights in the world. Uh, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Uh, Carl Carl Robertson. You know, he's an explosive guy. When he went to contender, that guy's explosive. Sure. Uh, people sure. don't try to tomorrow. I was afraid to let him go. So when I grip him, I gripped his ass up tight, man. He wasn't going. It was a, like white on rice. I'm not letting him go because I'm going to pay for it. You know what I mean? That's that mindset. A lot of people aren't doing that now. Now a lot of people are actually just word. How do I want to say? Everybody want to train smart, not hard. It's, it's crazy that they can verbally say that. I train smart just so I can train harder. Train smarter so you can train hard. It should always be like that, you know? Like, you shouldn't want to feel like it to do it. You should do it and convince yourself that, you know, that you feel like doing it. It's different. That's a mindset I will, I wake up with, you know. And I and even my friends, you know, a lot of people that are around me, my work ethic hurt their feelings because I, in the back of my head, I may not verbally say it, but yes, they categorize themselves as vaginas, whether they like it or not. And when they when they look at my career and all this, to be honest, I think I should, I deserve more than what I actually had, way more. So they can't compare it, you know. And um, I just I, I worked for literally everything, so it's pain. That's all I know. Me and pain is best friend. That's my buddy, you know. I just know more of it. When I when I how I learn is losses. So yes, you see a little a couple blemishes on my records, you know. Yeah, I blame those. You only only way I'm gonna lose, obviously. It's because of the weight. You know, when I lose, it's because of the weight. See, I'm not a lot of loose. You know, if I don't have a good fight, it's because of the weight. <laughs> and it's always on. <laughs> that's how to uh, Yeah, absolutely, dude. So that's how, that's our that's our backstory on the School of Pain. Now, now Sydney, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing something that everybody loves. We love to hear about. We love to talk about. We love to get into on this show. Round nine with Ron. It was the food question, my dude. So you've oh. already done all your training. You've already done the weight cut. You've already won the fight. It is time to really throw down on your favorite meal. What are you getting and where are you getting it from, my friend? I've been seeing a lot of commercials about these Wendy's breakfast sounds. Oh, no, actually, McDonald's and McGriddles. I like those a lot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it breakfast. I love that. Uh, Sydney, so, dude, we have careened our way all the way into the 10th round with the Rhino. Uh, if we could get your social media so we as fans can watch you, uh, you know, your training or whatever you're posting and kind of keep tabs on you moving forward, we would love to get your social medias uh, from you, sir. Oh, I love it. It is Sid Outlaw at MMA. Um, it's S-I-D-O-U-T-L-A-W-N-N-A. Instagram. Fantastic, dude. Well, we were all going to be tuning into Bellator 261 to see you fight Mike Miles uh, Fury Jury here in about three weeks. We all wish you luck, and we are so stoked to watch you moving forward, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. This is Sydney Outlaw, and I just went 10 rounds with Ryan. So cool to talk to Sydney, man. I know the audio wasn't, wasn't perfect on that, but I think you guys got it. Uh, what a really interesting, wrote a really interesting guy. Great record. Um, I'm really looking forward. I only know for sure that I've seen him fight twice uh, live. I definitely am looking forward to seeing him fight against Miles Fury Jury uh, on Bellator 261 in about three weeks. So thank you so very much for taking their time today. 
uh, to, to join me on that with Sydney. Really appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and get to our shout-outs for this week. Obviously, to the forum contributors first. To my guy, Ty Fly Guy. Rage of Sweet Potato. Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. My man, Jim Assoon, the OG. Our girl, APB. My dear friend, Gina, from the Shots Fired and Wocast Pods. Check her out. She's awesome. And then my man, D. Kron's filling out the uh, remainder of the forum this week. Of course, to the PRG group, the Rhino Gang GC, Gang Gang, our girl Brat, Miss Fight Diva, both, both with uh, birthdays here recently. Uh, my man Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, all the family over there at Underdog MMA, all the homies over there at Dodge Sports, everybody who contributes and who listens every week and week out. Thank you guys so very much for everything that you do. We even, even if I'm a little under the weather, and even if Dre is a little under the weather, we're still going to bring out a show. We're going to give you our best uh, best swing at baddest weekend. I, I definitely hope you guys check out our merch store, uh, which is a red bubble. Our link is in the bio of uh, of the Twitter page. Of course, to Drea, D. Reigns, and Dave Fretz, the Triple D, the backbone of this operation. Hope everybody has a good week, man. Be kind. Practice self-care. Love your family and your friends. Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week. K-Sound!